Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week, we come to you from the Port of Monaco in the Principality. That's right. Right next to me is the brand-new Seven Seas Explorer from Regent. And if you hear noise and wind, that's because we're literally outside on the port. And uh, all that noise is as the ship is getting ready to sail on its official inaugural cruise. Joining me now, someone who just got off a shakedown cruise, if you will, James Schillinglaw, the editor-at-large at Travel Market Report. And you and I have talked about a lot of cruise ships. What about this one? Because it's billed, I mean, it, look, it's, 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 it's their brand, right? The most luxurious cruise ship ever built. Yeah, somewhat uh, uh, a little bit you would think of a stretch, but I have to tell you, uh, I think they've done it, at least built what is now the most luxurious ship ever. And that has to do with the materials and the so attention to detail that they have. I have not seen anything finer. Give me an example. Well, um, you start with the luxury suite, which is their region suite. Which yeah, is, I'm going to uh, talk about that a little bit later yeah. in the show. That goes, uh, guys, I'm not making this up, $10,000 a night. Uh, $10,000 a night. And is that per person? And he's actually threatening, uh, Frank Del Rio, the uh, president of, uh, of Region and Oceania, is threatening to raise that price. So he, he's got enough demand. Well, we're talking to him a little later, and so I'm going to have to ask him that question. But that's a lot of money to spend. But you know what? They sold it, didn't they? They sold it. And uh, that's the, you start with that. But in fact, you know, we have real Picassos and Chagalls throughout the uh, ship. You mean it's not Murray Picasso and uh, Stephen uh, Chagall? I think, I think it was uh, Peter Greenberg. I saw, I, I saw a painting there with Peter <laughs> the, Greenberg. The early saw, work, uh, the blue years. Yeah. <laughs> the blue years. <laughs> no, but the point is they've, they've really done the artwork, too. They've got the artwork, and it's amazing. And Frank Del Rio, you can talk to him about that because he, he hung 90% of it and selected 90% of it. He is really the, the force behind this ship. And I think if you go, just not just the suite, but the attention to detail, the marble... I mean, you will get when you get on, Peter. You will see marble that you have not ever seen on a cruise ship. Well, so much. Uh, well, there's also the halo effect. You know, when when Etihad came out with their 
you know, first class residence, which is a three room suite on the on the A three eighty, you know, they were pricing it at about ten thousand dollars a ticket, and they sold a lot of them, but they weren't really intending on selling all of them on every flight simply because they just wanted the halo effect. The idea that you were on a ship that had that kind of a suite was almost a reason to go. Well, and that's true. And in fact, all of the suites below that are quite something. I mean, they really, my suite, which was, you know, probably a standard suite, was just over the top. I mean, the amount what, of... What, what defines over the top Over the top is when you go into the, ba the uh, bathroom, everything is marble. Everything is attention to detail. There's there's gold leaf. There's all kinds of things. When you look at the balcony, it's a full balcony that's much wider and bigger than anything I've you seen. You know, I noticed that. Most balconies, everybody says they want a balcony on a cruise ship, and, and you know, you have to go out. It's not even big enough to change your mind out there. Yeah, well, I, mean, I never go on balconies to be, you know, I mean, who, who goes on balconies? We're out on the ship. Although, when you see the size of this balcony, you want to go out there and hang. You do, because you have a, a full deck chair and two chairs and a table, and um, it was amazing. And then uh, the the bed is very comfortable. It's not quite the $190,000 bed in the region suite, but... Uh, Wait, say I, that again? The bed in the region suite is $190,000. What's in it? Um, People? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I did lie on it, even though we're not supposed to, but I did go on it for a second, and it oh, was very just comfortable. But you, you, went, you lay down on, this, on, on the bed. I did. Okay, now the, suite, now the bed's worth $142,000. <laughs> it, it, the beds on everywhere in the ship are amazing. It, really, the attention to detail. So art, design, uh, materials, and, of course, food and the food is exquisite and they have two new restaurants uh, pacific rim is their new asian restaurant and chartreuse which i think is the best restaurant on the ship is a great french restaurant that's absolutely really amazing did you sample all the restaurants uh the only one i did not sample is the seta mari which is the italian restaurant that's up in the veranda which is the sort of buffet area which right. buffet area is actually a, a not a good way to describe it because it's all white tablecloth whatever time of day and it's, an, it's not quite buffet, but in one section they have their Italian restaurant. That's the only one I didn't sample. Now, when you talk about the idea that, you know, right now there are 56 new cruise ships being built around the world. Every shipyard's working at 100% capacity. Here's the newest one. This was built in Italy, in, in, in Fincantieri. Yep. Uh, the bottom line is, can anybody come out now with a better one? Uh, you know, I'm sure there's always going to be, you know, can you do one better? Uh, I have a feeling that this kind of price, I mean, the, the list price was $450 million. I think it's closer to $500 million when they got out of there. They're doing another one for 2021, a twin. And then what you're having an explosion of these ships in the luxury segments in particular. I mean, we have like three or four more ships to go in the next year that are, and uh, next couple of years that are going to be, um, uh, you know, can you top this? And we're going to have to see if they can. I wish that I could fly into the sky. The charge for looking at this pamphlet is $3. The charge for looking at this pamphlet and putting it back quickly is knows a little bit about the ship we're uh, about to get on because he's the CEO and president of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. His name is Frank Del Rio. Explain the word holdings, Frank. Well, it's the uh, company that operates three incredible brands, Norwegian Cruise Line. As opposed to three terrible brands? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So Norwegian Cruise Line is our contemporary brand. Oceana Cruises is our premium segment. And behind us is uh, the Region 7 Seas Explorer, 
the most luxurious cruise ship ever built that we just launched on behalf of Regent Seven Seas Cruises. You see, now I knew you were going to say that because it's part of your branding, right? But now I'm going to call you on that. What makes it? I mean, it's one thing to say it. <clears throat> what makes it the most luxurious? Peter, you've been on board. Yeah. And I would throw the question back at you. What doesn't make it? Every step you take on that vessel exudes luxury. 56,000 gross registered tons for just 750 guests is an enormous amount of space. And you've kept it small in terms of passenger numbers. Uh, and yes. yes. So this is a luxury vessel. It has to have a certain aura of um, exclusivity. And all our Region 7 Sea ships are, by definition, small uh, by today's standards. Uh, Regent Explorer is the largest at 750 guests. But for uh, you, that's large. For Regent, it is yeah. large. For the Norwegian Cruises brand, uh, 750 would be a half of a lifeboat <laughs> uh, because we have ships that are 4,200 guests. Your lifeboats hold that many people? On Norwegian, uh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was talking to one of the designers earlier in the show about your allocation of space. Because yeah. when you design a ship, space is so critical. It is. How did you get, I mean, I know you were very hands-on on this, so when you looked at the original plans, what did you look at and say, no, that's not going to work, this is what I want? You know, it's the details, it's what people look at first, it's part of our what the, our society has come to treasure, and that's bathrooms. If You, you don't see, get, I judge a hotel by the bathroom. Absolutely. Because if the bath, you spend more waking hours in your bathroom than any other time, any other space on the ship, yeah. so if the bathroom works, yeah. chances are the rest of the hotel works yeah. or the rest of the ship works. So you might think I'm kidding, but we built it from the bathroom and the closet. Two and a half years ago, we had a 10-person focus group of all our pa past guests in Miami where we built six... You locked them in a bathroom, didn't you? No. This was just <laughs> the uh, closets. Really? Six mock-up closets. That's where they get you. It's the little details. The closets have got to be right. No, these are longer cruises, Peter. These right. are not two- and three-night cruises. People right. go on these vessels for 10, 12, 14 nights, let sometimes me, let me, longer. Let me, let me give you two words that might come to mind. Steamer trunks. Uh, well, those are a little outdated You know what I'm days. talking about. Yeah. They're coming in with you big know, bags. They, they do come with big bags. Yeah. And these are well-to-do folks. They dress to the nines. And so you've got to have the space for them to be able to store their... But that was a surprise for you, right? They came back and they said, no, we're, we're not happy with the closets, right? Yeah, that's right. We made lots of modifications to closet. How high, how deep to make the drawers, how many drawers, how much hanging space. You know, I got to tell you something. I took the last cruise of the Rotterdam before Holland America sold it. And I took a look at the walk-in closet in the stateroom you put me in. That was the size of my cabin on the <laughs> Rotterdam. <laughs> Well, you know, you get what you pay for, uh, Thanks, Peter. Frank. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, this vessel being the most luxurious cruise ship in the world. You're not going to stop with that, are no, you? No, <laughs> that's uh, your readers or your uh, listeners are going to remember that line uh, if I uh, have anything to do with it. Yeah. But, but, it but it's true. Uh, space is a premium. If I had to define the word luxury, and as you and I know, it's a very difficult word to define depending what product or service you are talking about, on cruise ships, space is literally money. Yeah. Because the, the ship the cost the, the volume uh, costs money to build, and what tends to happen is you try to pack as many passenger cabin as many people on board as possible. Because you got to amortize the cost. You have to amortize the cost over a broader group of guests. Not on board our vessels. I mean, this is not the kind of ship that you save all year long to be able to afford. If I can be uh, a little brash, I would tell you this is the ship for the one percenters. Yeah. This is the ship for those who have achieved a level of success, a level of wealth, because with luxury comes the way, uh, the means of being able to pay for it. 
All right, so that brings up another question, and that is the nickel and diming aspect of some operations, right? Yeah. I know that once you get above a certain level of luxury, people don't want to go to their wallet at all. They yeah. just want to say, what, you know, it's, it's like the Seaborn approach or Silver Who? Sea. I'm sorry? You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a misconnection. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, but you know what I'm saying, where you paid the price, and it's yeah. all, it truly is all inclusive. Well, I'll, I beg to differ there, because okay. by far, Regent is the most all-inclusive cruise line. No, if not, you I, compare I, I lists, yeah, yeah. the only time you have to go for your wallet on board any of the region spa, ships, spa. spa, the boutique, right, and to cover your gambling losses, because you will lose. Um, <laughs> everywhere, everything else is I, I hope my it. cameraman is listening, because uh, that's all he wants to do is go to the sea. I'm trying to warn him against it. Okay. You know, the specialty restaurants, uh, all your beverages. Uh, Shore excursions. Excursions are included. Uh, your pre- cruise hotel we want you to fly in the day before we want you to rest we want you That's to a, decompress I wish, I, I wish more people would know that just yeah. because just from the logistics of it all yeah people who try to fly on the same day the cruise is leaving they're gambling not only that but you know w if you spend a day at a hotel uh we want you to take your the edge that you build up during that long transatlantic flight on the hotels D so yeah, take it out on them take it out on them <laughs> so when you come on board the next day you're nice and relaxed and we greet you with a uh, a glass of uh, chilled champagne, and uh, you're off to the races. We're dealing in a situation right now where every shipyard that I can imagine is operating at 100% capacity. Yeah. Uh, there are more cruise ships being built now for you and everybody else than ever before in, in my history, right? I'm sure yours as well. Correct. Where are we going? Well, we're going where consumers want to take us. Um, this has always been an industry where you build them and they will come. And uh, in the last 30, 40 years where this industry has really taken off, uh, it hasn't disappointed. And of course, now we have China, and uh, it's 1.3 billion uh, consumers. Uh, 130 over million people traveling. Uh, traveled to a foreign destination last yeah. year. Very, very few have yet to try a cruise. And so the cruise industry, in essence, is betting big on the China cruise expansion. Including you. Including I. Where are you putting your ships there? The Norwegian Joy, a ship that we're building as we speak in Germany, will be the... It's being built directly for that market. It's specifically for that market. We have customized it to the hilt. We've spent a year learning about not Chinese culture, because that's the easy part. You can read a book and learn about Chinese culture. It's Chinese nuances that is even more important. Right. And we've... Uh, we Certain think floor numbers are eliminated. Well, that's... The, yes. And, but there's lots and lots and lots of layers. And if you really want to gain their hearts... Um, we think that's the way to do it. We don't think there's a product like that in the Chinese market today. Uh, the products in the Chinese market today are, have basically are existing, been are existing. Our existing vessels and somewhat uh, converted uh, uh, to, to local tastes as best as they could. But we started from a, a blank sheet of paper, and I think that the, uh, the results will be uh, fantastic. The, the response we're getting from the Chinese travel agency community is just uh, beyond our expectations. If I had to guess, I would say... The ship that you're building right now, the Joy, would have increased retail space? Yes, 60% more. Casino? 60% more. Smoking? Uh, a <laughs> Come on. Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> but also, you know, in the, um, you know, in the States, we talk about multi-generational travel. Right. And it's a sliver of our overall demand. In China, we see it as a core market. You know, in China, for many, many... families like to travel together. Well, for many, many years, until right. recently, there was a the one-child rule. And so it's not unusual to, say, to have that one child with their parents and two groups of grandparents. So six adults and one kid. 
and you've got to have special accommodations to to treat some combination of that kind right. of uh, uh, of passage. And of course, the restaurants and the entertainment and everything has to be geared for that kind of multi generational um, clientele. If you are sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first. Speaking with Frank Del Rio, the CEO and president of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Did good. I, good. I got good. it right now, Frank? Come on. And the second take, he got it right. Story of my life. <laughs> when you're building ships for the Chinese market, you talk about nuance, yeah. right? What was the one thing that surprised you the most about what they didn't want versus what you thought they did want? You know, cuisine has always been a big part of the cruising world. And by right? the way, in the old days of the cruise lines, the best food on the ship was the Chinese Cru laundry had their own kitchen. <laughs> That's right, the crew food, yeah. Right, it was yeah. the best, yeah. yeah. Uh, but cuisine has always been a big part of cruising, the cruising right. experience. Right. And in the Western world, uh, cuisine or cru uh, the menus, the cuisine, the whole experience is a little bit more formal. Right. Right. The waiter sits you down and brings you these beautiful menus, and you wait for the bread basket, and they pour the water, and then they bring you the menu, and the whole thing takes maybe half an hour before you even start thinking about what you're going to order. Right. Not in the Chinese. It's uh, sit down. I want every single dish that I'm going to order on the now. table at the same now. time, including dessert, everything. The whole thing from start to finish is 30 minutes max. So you have to change your entire service approach. You have to. You, you better build galleys. If you're going to serve good food, good a la minute food, and you have that kind of demand and time, you have to build galleys that are twice as big and manned by twice as many um, cooks and chefs and sous chefs than you would in an ordinary ship. And yeah. so that was one of the, the things that um, caused us to, to say, wow, this is, uh, this is a different ballgame. And yet, when you think about it, the Chinese are the most huge consumers of premium wines. That's correct, yeah. So uh, you, can, you can down uh, wine uh, just as fast as you can a beer, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, here you have the Seven Seas Explorer. You're building a sister ship to this. Explore number two. That won't be the, her proper name, but that's sort of the working name right now. At and, the yard, yes. And, and any plans on taking that one to China? Um, Gene Sloan wanted me to ask you that question from USA Today. Yeah, uh, I've been asked that question quite a bit. Yeah. I, look, I believe that uh, I, I see many parallels in the Chinese cruise industry of what happened in the United States and in Western Europe over the last 30, 40 years. Um, like any industry, any product, as it matures, it evolves, niches are created. You mentioned a minute ago that we know that today the Chinese consumer consumes more luxury goods than anybody else. Right. More Ferraris are sold in China than anywhere else, more Bordeaux wines, more Gucci back, et cetera, et cetera. More Buicks. More Buicks, <laughs> too. Um, and so it's a matter of time before the Chinese consumer uh, learns, picks up, graduates to a true luxury cruise experience. Because let's be honest with each other. The cruise industry today in China is not the luxury sector. It's the no. contemporary sector. And shorter cruises. And shorter cruises, yes. Right. Four or five-day cruises max. So I think in time, like everything else, it will evolve. And we're hopeful that by 2020, because things in China happen much faster than they do in the rest of the world, 2020 is only four years away. The cruise industry in China will have been maybe 10 years old, 11 years old. But even in their infancy, when you look at the sheer numbers, if you only got 2%. Oh, 
Yeah. You'd be thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so um, we don't have to yet cut steel on the uh, Explorer 2. Uh, we don't do that until the late 17, so we have over a year. And ho hopefully by then we'll be able to read and gouge whether we are going to um, read and gauge, I should say, uh, whether we're going to send, be sending the ship to, to Asia or, or not. All right, now I want you to do something that I always ask everybody to do who's in your chair. Yeah. I want you to take off your CEO hat and put on your passenger hat, right? Not just in your cruise line, any cruise line. What's the one thing you hate about the cruise industry that you want to see change tomorrow as a passenger? As a passenger, the um, changing of prices. We, I've always been critical of the airline industry of changing prices. You know, you There's no price integrity. There's no price integrity. We're working very, very hard to have price integrity of my three brands. But look, the business model of the cruise industry is to sail with full ships. Uh, that's not the business model of the airlines or of the rental car agencies or of hotel industry. Are it you going to change that model? We're changing it. We're changing it. I, I know. How, it, do you, how do you do that? You focus on when, when demand is slack, and sometimes demand is slack for lots right. of reasons. They could be... Uh, Domestic seasonal. recession, seasonal, seasonal. Uh, situations around the world. Uh, up to now, the one and only lever, if you will, that the industry had was drop prices, and at some price, all inventory clears. Right. Um, we uh, we believe there's better ways of doing it, and we have been doing it that way at Oceania and Region for years. And as you know, there was a merger in November of 2014 where Norwegian Cruise Lines bought uh, Prestige Cruise Holdings, which was the parent company of Oceania and Region. Right. And um, now that I'm the CEO of all three, we're, we're really practicing the, the overused term of synergies, where each of the brands teaches the others what they do best. And one of the things that uh, we've been able to bring to the Norwegian brand from the prestige side is this price integrity, where we don't, our knee-jerk reaction is not to lower prices, because lowering prices doesn't help anybody. And you don't come back from that. And you don't, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's or at a, least you don't a, come back from that quickly. Quickly. It's a slippery slope. Exactly. Yeah. Total, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. behind me that's because we're actually on the port and the harbor at the dock looking up at the brand new seven seas explorer where they're making some shipboard announcements but that's okay because i got the guy who's in, is in control of those shipboard announcements the captain of the ship whose name is too long for me to pronounce captain give us your full name go ahead i dare you stanislas mercier de la combe otherwise known as captain stan indeed okay this is a ship and earlier on the show we had frank del rio on and a number of other people who basically said it's the most luxurious ship ever built. That's your branding. And I, I would expect no less than any ship telling there they're the best, right? But you're the captain. You've got to operate this ship. What about this ship do you like? Well, it's a pleasure. First of all, it's a new ship, so you get to, uh, to get all the latest technology. So it's uh, a good beginning. Then um, she's 
fairly good uh, with a maneuverability, good thrusters, so we can hold the ship with a very You can good, hold position. Uh, yeah, hold position and fight against the element. If you've got wind and current, we are in a good place and it's just so easier on us. So in the old days, you'd anchor out the tender in, now you can anchor out and hold position. Yes, though this one is not, you have to do it manually. Yes. But you've got a lot of power to do so. But you can do it. But we can do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put you to the test later on. Awesome. Yeah, but it's, a, it's the largest ship that Regent's ever done. Yes, it is. Right? 700 yeah. passengers? 750 passengers. Oh, excuse me. I yeah. forgot the other 50. Okay. Um, but it looks to me, and I'm, I'm a captain, so I, it looks to me like this is a ship that maneuvers well. She's really good. I'm, it's like a new date, you know? I'm just, we just uh, went at sea since uh, seven days now. So as captain, you take it very gently at the beginning. And then the more you know each other, the more you can do things. So, so tonight we're going to go to the prom. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. So for the moment, we just take it very uh, gently, take some tugs if we need it, just so we can know each other, we know how she's reacting. Know what its limitations are. What exactly, exactly, exactly. That, you know, safety is always coming first. On sea trials, and every ship has to go through sea trials, yes. how fast did you get this thing up to? Uh, nearly 21 knots. Pretty good. So it's a good speed for a cruise ship, yeah. What's changed in terms of your environmental footprint? What are you able to do on this ship that you couldn't do on some of the older ships? In terms of how you deal with waste, in terms of how you deal with, 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 uh, with garbage, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you have a zero tolerance policy that nothing goes over the ship. No, yeah, everything is treated. We basically recycle mostly everything. We've got an advanced wastewater treatment system, so basically the waste getting out the ships are clear like a bottle of water. And the uh, thing is, you can't just be a captain anymore. You have to be an engineer, don't you? I actually am an engineer. On the, the French Navy School, you are both deck and an engine officer. But though you don't want me to be a, a real engineer. But the point is, you know how things work. We definitely know how things work, especially having the chance to be in the shipyard for eight months. Yeah, you took the ship you, out. Yeah, you exactly. You took the ship out. You were there from the beginning of the, of the welding to the, the actual floating out. Just arriving when, I would say, the big metal boxes was finished and they started <laughs> to put all the cables, cabins, and ele electronic inside. When you take a look at that, I mean, I've looked at all the drawings and the plans and the books. You probably have, a, what, about 60 or 80 different manuals on this ship for everything. You have no idea how much you have. It's like, I, I don't even know in terms of gigabytes now because, you know, everything is electronics. Sure. But I know But that when in doubt, take the book out. Definitely. But it's literally just for one... One topic, I've got 19 meters of shelving just for one document. And what's the document? It's for the, it's called safe return to port. So if something would ever happened, you can- That's part of SOLAS. It's a new regulation Safety in SOLAS. Safety of life at sea, right? Exactly. Explain how that works. Because I think in, in the wake of the Costa Concordia, people don't realize how important that concept is. Well, if something would have happened to the ship, you can having um, definish, definite, definite uh, casualty on board, you can deal with the matter and you can come back wherever, where, where is the closest port. So you will not be on the cruise ship stranded in the water for four days because you had a fire on board. You will be able to go back on your, on your own to the next port and basically everything is double on board. Right, you built in redundant systems. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting when, when the Carnival Triumph had that fire, which is what you're talking about, uh, when they built that class of ship, they made a mistake. They actually did make a mistake. They put the generator in the same room, essentially, as the engine. Well, that, that was what the industry did at the time. Yeah. So, you know, regulations are 
evolving all the time, so we learn from the, the mistakes. Of and course, because if, if you had a fire, yeah, exactly. if you had a fire, you shut down the engine, you're also shutting down the generator. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's that. And what are you doing in terms of, of, of uh, fire safety on the ship? Because I, I'm a fireman myself in New York, so I know that the, the importance of training. Every one of your crew members is trained. All of them. And even before coming on board, they have to attend our safety trainings. Including you. Including myself. We have actually to do refreshment every five years nowadays. And we've got just the best technical uh, firefighting equipment on board. You know, one of the things that people don't realize, but I think they should, is that even in the Carnival Triumph situation, they had systems on board that ship that allowed the officer on the deck to know exactly where the fire was, to isolate it on the video. They had cameras on it right away, and he knew right away what to do. There wasn't a delay in giving him information. He knew to close the watertight doors, he knew to turn off the air conditioning, and then he had to hit the button to flood the engine room. You have those kind of panels on your bridge, so you know exactly if there's a problem, where it is, and you can isolate it immediately. Yeah, but on top of it, as I said, the technology is uh, evolving, and now, what we have is just just amazing. Wow, and of course, if you're going to be, uh, the, the, the one thing that, that all the cruise ships have now is not in the cabins, of course, not in the personal areas, but in the public areas, you've got cameras everywhere, so you, you have eyes on stuff, meaning if there's a problem, you can spot it. We can spot it, we record it, it's very handy for uh, investigation if there of is course. need to be, and it's as well a deterrent, you know, people knowing there is camera on board, don't really uh, behave properly. Though I have to say, on with Regent, you know, we've, we've got the best guest ever, <laughs> so never had any security concern, really. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. As anybody knows who's ever taken a cruise, or maybe even wanted to take a cruise, a lot of it has to do with the food on board. And uh, yes, you're going to gain weight. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. Uh, and my next guest knows a little bit about that because he's been doing and supervising all the cuisine and all the Regent ships for the last 16 years. His name is Bernard Klutz. How are you, sir? Very good. Huh? I mean, you're the culinary director. You are Dr. No. I mean, you know what, what works and what doesn't work on a ship. Yeah, more or less. Uh, it's always you get surprises. Sometimes you feel like, oh, this dish works very well, and then you find out later on, oh, maybe it was not really <laughs> the right one. And it's also the other way around. Exactly. So I have to ask you the question. You opened the door on that. What was a dish that you thought, boy, everybody's going to love this dish, and nobody ordered it? And then what was the dish you said, who's ever going to order this, and everybody wanted it? Yeah, there's one dish we have in Prime 7 in our uh, signature steakhouse where we have uh, seafood platter. And I thought everyone will order that seafood platter. It is beautiful lobster tail. I would order that seafood and platter. And king crab and shrimp and, and scallops. And hardly anyone is ordering well, it. Well, save one for me because I'm going to order it. Definitely. Yeah. We yeah. will have one ready <laughs> for you today. <laughs> but when you have to, you know, you're sailing in so many different ports. People don't realize today cruise ships call around the world in more than a thousand ports. So you have to think ahead, uh, way ahead, in terms of how you source your items, where they're coming from, how much you're going to take on board, what you're going to buy in bulk that you're going to store, right? That'll, but th that's a big deal. Yeah, 
planning is the most important thing for a cruise vessel. We get containers from the United States or from Europe every three weeks. Okay, where do you get the steaks? Uh, the steaks, they are from the United States. We get it from uh, outside of Chicago. It's an uh, old black Angus beef, which we have on board. The quality is uh, unbelievable. And also most of the seafood we get from the United States. But of course... But when you're sailing around these waters, you can also source things locally. Yes, fresh fish, seafood vegetables and uh, berries, uh, fruits, uh, we, we source locally. And of course, the biggest crew item is beer. <laughs> yeah, I would say so, yes. <laughs> and if you're out of beer, you're going to have a mutiny on board. You better yeah. stock the beer. Beer for the crew and wine for the guests. How many different wines do you have on board? Oh, we have about 120 different wines on the connoisseur wine list, plus we have about uh, 60 wines on the complimentary wine list. On the connoisseur wine list, I mean, that's a substantial list for, for any restaurant, right? But yes. You have, but that's for all of your restaurants, correct? Yes. What's the most expensive? Uh, it's the Petrus for about $3,000. Anybody ordering it yet? Uh, not on this cruise. And it, I won't be buying it. Oh, we, we have sold of uh, Petrus a lot and also Screaming Eagle. We sell a lot. Uh, you know what? Yeah, and Screaming Eagle is expensive. It is, yes. Right. You know what happens? Because when you buy it, you start screaming like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Where do you actually source the most of your stuff that doesn't come on the containers? Meaning, in a, on a cruise that we're about to do, going to Barcelona or going to uh, Portofino or going to Livorno, what are you going to be picking up on this? Uh, today is the main loading when it comes to right. fresh produce and uh, fish. And then uh, along the way, like in Italy, we purchase uh, local items uh, if it is uh, a nice mozzarella or cold cuts. And the same is in, in France, we purchase uh, shrimp or... So when we get to Italy, you're going to do me a favor and find the best, creamiest, stinkiest gorgonzola. Oh, we will do that. You can, fi <laughs> you can find it, right? Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, and and the, the cheese is in... In France and in Italy, they're just unbelievable, and you will taste them on board. We purchased already some of them yesterday. We were in Saint-Tropez, some fantastic French cheeses. What's the most crazy demand, a culinary demand that you had from a passenger? Uh, one time, uh, someone ordered a baked potato with ice cream. Ugh. <laughs> but you did it. Of course we did it. And did they eat it? They eat it and they enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, not on the menu. <laughs> it was not on the menu. And it's never it going on the menu. It was a surprise. And never. It, no, never. Okay, what was the most demanding order, though? The most demanding order was uh, sometimes we have guests that want to have a full menu, if it is Indian or if it is, uh, uh, let's say, Thai, 10, 15 courses. So that's a... Uh, some challenges but to, you do to, to put it together, but we do it. We do everything possible on, on board our vessels. Do you have guests who will like take a shore excursion in one of the Mediterranean ports and go fishing and catch a fish and ask you to cook it? Uh, yes, we do, especially in Alaska. Really? Yes. Especially in Alaska? Yeah. If they get lucky, they, uh, be they better catch the salmon. Uh, they, they always catch the salmon. <laughs> and by the way, if they catch the salmon, they're never going to be able to finish that whole fish. It's going to be shared with everybody. Yeah, usually they share it at the table. They invite uh, friends, uh, that uh, cruise with them, and then they have a dish, uh, a fish together. And do you ever let me in the kitchen cooking? Do you ever let me in the galley cooking with you guys? Yes, definitely. I will show you a few tricks uh, how to prepare dishes, especially here in the Mediterranean. And we have a culinary center where you can do cooking classes. So you actually, but it's hands-on. You get to do it. Yes, hands-on cooking. You're not just classes. watching it; somebody else is no, doing it. No, I love it.
You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.